head into the Ringerverse to stay up to date with all things superheroes and nerd culture entertainment. Hosted by a rotating lineup of superfans at the Ringer, including Mallory Rubin and Van Lathan, shows will provide instant reactions to blockbuster releases, insightful backstories on canon, and mind-bending theories, as well as fresh takes on the latest news and rumors. Check out the Ringerverse on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. New York, New York of 2022 with yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski, right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. I hope everybody enjoyed their New Year's festivities, enjoyed the smorgasbord of football that we had going on, and Happy New Year to one and all. Week 17, considering that neither New York team had anything to play for, we got ourselves a rather eventful New York football Sunday. And I'm going to start with the Jets. First of all, the game was far more compelling. There were storylines galore. And there are actually some positives. It's amazing. I've talked to a lot of Jeff fans over the last, I don't know, five, six, seven hours that have infiltrated my phone, that have texted me left and right. It's a pretty interesting split between. Jet fans I know who are disgusted over the fact that the Jets yucked up a 14-point lead, didn't convert on fourth down, allow a third and 20 earlier in the game, Brady again with the bomb, fabulous, fantastic touchdown throw. There's a good amount of Jet fans who are just like, damn, Brady does it to us again. Then on the other side, you have Jet fans who are far more optimistic for two different reasons. One, losing you know, the benefits of draft picks and all that stuff didn't exactly go the way you wanted it to go last week, yada, 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 but you get my drift. But the reason you should be preaching positive for the most part with the Jets, a couple of different factors. Number one, the quarterback continues to grow. The quarterback played a competent, quality, efficient 
football game against the team that's probably what? The, the odds-on favorite in the NFC alongside the Green Bay Packers? Like, I know Tampa Bay has not been all-world on defense the way they were in the postseason. They've still been pretty damn good. Consider this for the Jets and for Zach Wilson. You're basically down three starting wide receivers from the beginning of the year. Starting center is out. Starting left tackle. Running back goes out. And yet, he's making plays. He's using his legs. Those safe throws that were eluding him earlier in the year, he's making those throws. Braxton Berrios is making big plays. And the Jets must do everything in their power to re-sign Braxton Berrios at the end of the year. He makes things happen. He's a weapon around the goal line. Credit this offensive coordinator because he has found a way to utilize Braxton Berrios to get the most out of Braxton Berrios. He's a keeper. And you can't let him go to another team. You probably should have re-signed him a couple of weeks ago, but he needs to be on this team in 2022. A lot, a lot of positives from the quarterback. Positives, for the most part, with the way this offense is run. We'll get to the play on fourth down in a matter of moments. Take that play out of it. They have looked like a competent, decently run NFL offense. The Jets, I'm not used to saying that. That you got to be fired up about. The effort level for this head coach. End of the year. Team is out of it. Played hard. They played hard in Miami a couple weeks ago. They got a win against an awful team last week. You take it. And they're playing big, bad Tampa Bay. Brady, Gronk, they were playing Antonio Brown until he pulled his stunt. And you got to wonder what in the world is going on with Antonio Brown. You, you hope his overall mental health get, gets to where it needs to be. But with some of the stunts that he has pulled in the past, whether it's fake Vax cards, whether it's the, the nonsense he was doing with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots, at times, Antonio Brown could be a very, very tough guy to root for. That's just the bottom line. That's just all there is to it. And what he did on Sunday, I mean, if that's not a cry for help, then what is? Then what is? But you had all that going on with Tampa. Sure, you're still up 14 points in this game. There's a good chunk of stuff to feel really, really good about. Now you got to get to the stuff that's going to irk you if you wanted to win this game. You can't allow... Brady up 24 to 10 to convert a third and 20. You just can't. You want to beat go. You want to win this game. That's a play that kind of infuses life back into the Buccaneers. Even with that being the case, you have a lead. You have a fourth down situation. And I know there are going to be a lot of old school Joe football guys who are going to say, oh, you got to kick the field goal and go up a full touchdown. I totally disagree. Totally disagree. You're up four. You got fourth and two. You execute a play. You go and win the game. Simple as that. And if you don't, you're making them basically go 90 plus yards down the field. Fine. It's worth the risk. It's especially worth the risk with the record for the Jets being what it is. Come on now. When you have a record where you got four wins on a year, you're up in that spot. You're playing the Bucs. You're 14 and a half point underdog. Fourth to two, go and execute a play. Now, everybody was losing their minds over the Zach Wilson sneak. And I was too. I'm like, well, how in the world is that the play on fourth and two? It wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be a keeper. Robert Sala talked about it after the game. 
was supposed to be given to Braxton Berrios. Zach had an option. Audible out of the play and decided to sneak it. Didn't work. Big mistake. You want to kill LaFleur for that, so be it. You want to kill Zach Wilson for that, so be it. And then sure enough, Tom Brady works his magic, drops a couple of dimes. He can still throw the football. In fact, he's throwing the football now maybe better than he did 15 years ago, which is like crazy to say. That's why he's this like ridiculous cyborg that's never going to get out of our lives. I mean, I'm over it. Like there was a point in my life where I hated Tom Brady and I hated him. I couldn't stand him. Now it's like maybe it's because he's not with the Patriots anymore, but it's like I'm never going to see this again. The guy's the best to ever do it. Just you bow down. I, I bow down to some of the stuff that I've seen from Tom Brady. This is a close but no cigar effort for the Jets. It was a winnable game. But bigger picture, I think there's a good amount to feel good about. For those of you who wanted to win over Brady, you're not going to see that in the bigger picture. And if I were a Jet fan, I would have been easily rooting for a win in this game. Not even, it's not even up for debate. I want to win. You're playing Brady. You're a 14-point underdog. It's not like you're going for the number one pick. This could have been the sort of win that's like kind of the, the springboard in many ways for next season. You don't get it from a win standpoint, but I am going to preach the positives because I've seen something now from the Jets over the last couple of weeks. It's encouraging. Doesn't mean they're going 10 and 7 next year. They got a lot of work to do before we're even talking about the postseason. Forget about next year. These are the sort of steps you wanted to see at the end of this year. Okay. Good effort from the Jets. Close but no cigar. Brady's going to Brady. On the other hand, the Giants, and I said this on Thursday, outside of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who got mauled by the Patriots today, find me a team in the NFL over the last six weeks that's playing worse than the New York Giants. Find me a team. Can you? The answer is no. There's not much to say about this game with the Chicago Bears. The Bears are a mediocre team, and they absolutely annihilated the Giants. Whether it's the Giants fumbling on the opening series of the game, joke. Whether it's the Giants at the end of the first half, muffing the kick, pinned back, ending up taking a safety. Oh, just painful to watch. The, the, the mistakes, the, the, the turnovers, the just incompetent quarterback play is mind-numbing. Here's my problem, though, which is blaming it all. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. I'm watching the Lions today. They're playing Seattle. Uh, you know, I'm drowning away my sorrows from the Dolphins. We'll get to that later. I'm watching. I don't even remember the dopey quarterback for the Lions' name. He's moving it up and down the field on the Seattle Seahawks. Why do I bring that up? I bring that up because you can find a backup quarterback for a given game or two to, to execute offense, to make things happen. The Giants have not done that. They have not done that since Daniel Jones has gone down with the injury. They came out a few weeks ago, and we roasted the Giants for this. Leaking whoever, whether it was Merrill, whether it was somebody in the organization, this idea of Joe Judge and his job is safe. My retort was why? Since that point in time, Have the Giants given you anything to justify that sort of vote of confidence? Giant fans out there, ask yourself this question. Listening to this podcast, thinking about your franchise. Have you seen anything over these last few weeks that would indicate 
this head coach should be retained. This head coach should have a major role in the future of the organization. How in the world can you answer yes to that question? Forget about the last 10 years. Forget about the misses, the, the, the bad hires, this, that, and the other. How in good faith can you make that proclamation? You can't. Then you get to what was far more intriguing and far more interesting from a Giants standpoint. Joe Judge after the game, as opposed to this atrocity of a game. Because listen, the Bears are one of the what, five, six, seven worst teams in the NFL. And, and they, they whooped the Giants. They, they took great satisfaction in embarrassing the Giants. Maybe the Matt Nagy ball. Maybe that's his send-off. Who the hell knows? But then after the game, Judge is basically going on, at the end of his press conference, this, like, 11-minute soliloquy of what's going right for the Giants. And the justification of the, the, the habits that are building and what we're doing here works and what we're doing there works. Like, please, let, let's listen to some of this with Judge. I want to hear some of this. Play this for me. Let me hear Judge. In terms of the next step to take, I can tell you right now, okay, I know we're a whole lot closer to where we're going than we are further away. I can tell you that right now. I can tell you we got more players here who are going to be free agents next year, all right, who are in my office every day begging to come back. I know that. Okay, I know that. What? Or players that we coached last year that still call me twice a week talking about, you know, how much they wish they were still here even though they're getting paid more somewhere else. Okay? So I know we've got the right foundational pieces in. I know we have some players, some key positions, all right, that are guys you can build with, keep carrying on. All right? I know we got the right temperament. I know we got the right culture in terms of teaching the players. Okay? Which is why I don't come up here and try to assassinate some player because I think it's going to save my Okay? Because behind closed doors, when we shut those doors, I can tell every player to a man, look him in the eye, exactly what the hell he screwed up on and exactly how it's got to get fixed. I can tell him to hold him as accountable as can be. Because I ain't going to sit up here like some other coward sitting behind the microphone and put his players on blast. Okay? That's it. I signed up to be the head coach here. Whatever bull gets fired, better get fired for me. You got that? It's got to go through me to get to them. And that's the way it is. What was that? I mean, honestly. What was that? This idea that players around the league are begging to come back to the New York Giants? Then I'll give you another one. And our buddy Kevin Clark was retweeting this earlier today. He's talking about the lessons learned from the 2018 New England Patriots where he's like, oh, I think we were all getting fired. You're all getting fired. You're the New England freaking Patriots. You got Bill Belichick there. You ain't going anywhere. And you're going to compare... That situation to what went on with the Patriots? What? What am I missing here? This is as delusional as it gets from a head coach. Delusional. And after listening to Joe Judge basically make this sad, pathetic, shameful, half-hearted attempt at trying to justify why he should be the head coach of this team? How in God's name could you listen to that and feel good about the future? How could you? And I know press conferences are not the be-all, end-all. But, like, I hear that, and I'm thinking, well, what in God's name are you saying, bro? 
You're making it seem like, you know, winning little battles on fourth down, down 20-plus points when your team is getting your teeth kicked is creating winning habits. I'll tell you what creates winning habits. Winning. Which the Giants ain't doing a whole lot of. How could anybody hear this head coach and say, you know what? I want him back next year. And I'll take it a step further. They want him back with a major say in who the general manager is going to be. What are we doing here? What are we doing? You need any proof, John Mara? It's simple. You didn't get it right. I know he was highly regarded. I know Bill Belichick, you know, gave him the stamp of approval. You didn't get it right. When they make changes and they're going to fire or they're going to announce that Gettleman's retiring at the end of next week, whoopty freaking dough. Uh, three years too late as far as I'm concerned. Though five years too, too late. Whatever, whatever the years may be. Should have never been hired to begin with. Anyway. You brought a head coach. You thought you had something after the first year. You don't have something at the end of the second year. And why set your organization on a path where you have like this disjointed nature between GM and head coach? We've already seen it. Don't work. Get a new GM from outside the organization and let him decide, I want my own head coach. And then go hire a new head coach. That is what the Giants should do. Do I think they're going to do that? No. But I would say this. The last couple of weeks, if you were leaning in the direction of retaining this head coach, there's no way in the world you still feel that way. I, I, I find that impossible to believe. Impossible. That was one of the strangest and most bizarre press conferences I've ever heard after a game. Like, 11-minute answer? Spewing nothing but nonsense? What was that? Like, if I were covering that press conference, I would have been like, what? This, this guy's going to lead my team now for the next couple of years? Give me a break. Interesting day in New York football. Haven't been able to say that much throughout 2021. Maybe, maybe 2022 is a sign of, of good things that are coming, at least for, you know, this particular show. We like interesting around here. I'm sick of the downtrodden. You have that with the Giants, but at least they were interesting after the game. Jets, more interesting on the field. All right, we'll get to some voicemails. We'll run around the league with the playoff picture, which seemed like it was going to be an absolute mess going into Week 18. That's no longer the case, and I'm not particularly happy about it. So we'll dive into that. And the Nick fan who didn't want to see Julius Randle, well... You've seen the team without Julius Randle the last couple of games. Not so good. All right, some voicemails. They're coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, Get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All right, folks, voicemail time. Voicemail's right out of the gate. We make magic at 917-382-1151. Interesting day. No other way around it. Very, very interesting day. All right, let's hear them. JJ, Anthony, and <laughs> Now, I... I 
want to preface this call by saying I did not watch one second of the Giants game today. I, I know the score. I checked out the box score, listened to a little post game, wanted to hear what the coach had to say. And I remember JJ last season that winning Seattle with McCoy with the backup. That was the win that made me say, well, maybe they have something with this head coach, right? He's obviously got to be the one rallying these players to get them to come together, go up to the Pacific Northwest and beat a Seahawks team. That was a good team last year. It wasn't like this year's Seahawks team. Now you have this year where I found myself at times making excuses with the injuries, making excuses with the offensive line that really does fall on the general manager for the performance of Barkley making excuses, but at the same time realizing that the team was just not good. But here you have another shot against another team that's just not good. With uh, You can even make the argument that Dalton is their third-string QB, and they go out and do what they did today, and now you really have to question whether or not the players are actually playing for Judge. And I'm not – this is not me, you know, trying to be, you know, dramatic and sensationalize what's going on this season. I mean, that is, that's beyond embarrassing what they did today. Beyond. Beyond, you know? And, you know, with Barkley, it's the same thing. I, I it's, it's a combination of no offensive line, plus I just wonder if that knee is right. But, oh, my God. I mean, there are, there are losses and there are no-show performances, and then there's this. And to, to, to throw salt in the wound, it's the team whose, you know, draft pick you have and they move back a little bit. Yeah, you, you move up with your pick, but they move back. I mean, that is fucking bad. So, I don't know. I mean, thank God. Listen, I, I had a few beaks today and I watched my beaks, which is really what I do when the Giants get out of it. But, dude, this, I mean, you know, you know who I'd love to hear. You know who I'd love to hear towards this team. Maybe you'll have him on in a few days, but you know who we need to hear from. There's one guy that we need to hear from, and maybe you'll have him on eventually for your old buddy, Anthony and Sayashi. Enjoy yourself, Jay. I hope you're feeling better, by the way. I'm feeling a lot better, Anthony. Uh, I'd be doing better if the result at 1 o'clock went the way I wanted it to go. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, as far as that mystery guest that you're alluding to, uh, we, we might have a wrinkle up our sleeve coming up soon. Might have a wrinkle up our sleeve. That's the sort of game that gets a head coach fired. Because from start to finish, you were thoroughly embarrassed by a bad football team. I've watched the Chicago Bears, unfortunately, way too many times for my liking this year. They've got a lot of primetime games. Uh, they played that game against the Vikings. I, I had them against the Vikings. Like, I've seen way too many Bears games this year. Way too many. Like, in its entirety. I'm not talking about, like, a couple of snippets on the red zone. I'm talking, like, full-fledged. Start to finish, Chicago Bear games where I'm watching them. And I'm like, oh, this team stinks. You made them look like the 85 Bears today. Let that sink in for a minute. And then you hear the coach who sounds beyond delusional after the game. This is a coach who, in many ways, is just like begging for a reason to stay. That's what it kind of struck me as, listening to him. Because it didn't make sense. It was out of touch. He's praising efforts when you're down 25 points in the game. whoop de do? Who freaking cares? Who freaking cares? Like, like, so much of that to me was just like, 
Whoa. Eye-opening. How can you justify as a Giant fan wanting this coach back? The only justification you can make to me is that I don't want to fire a coach after two years. That's really all you got. Because last year, it looked like you might have something. Anthony mentioned that win at Seattle. Winning the final game of the year against the Cowboys. They were in a lot of games. This team has been in no games in the second half of the year. They've been embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. And I don't want to hear, oh, well, the quarterback's hurt. It's not as simple as that. It's not as simple as that. To hire a new GM, just make it easy. Go hire a new head coach. Who's next? Hey, JJ. Justin in Miami. You know, just on the Giants, if you just think about it, the reason they're bad today is totally predictable. This isn't a situation where you're second-guessing a franchise that made the logical moves at the time and they didn't work out. So, as an example, if, if, Jack, if Trevor Lawrence turns out to be a bust, yeah, you could sit back three years from now and say Jacksonville should have taken Mac Jones or Jacksonville should have taken someone else. But realistically, you can't kill them for that. But everything the Giants have done over the last few years has been predictably not worked out because we said it at the time. I mean, if you look at them today, if they had not taken Saquon with the second pick and done the right thing, which would have been to trade. I'm not suggesting they should have taken a quarterback if they didn't believe in one. Trade the pick. You'd, you'd be sitting today with guys like maybe a guy like Quentin Nelson on the team. If, if in, the next year you took rather Daniel Jones at six, you did the right thing and took Josh Allen at six, and you got Daniel Jones later, you'd have another good player. And that's really the story of this franchise. Is they've passed up opportunities to add good players to the team, and that's why you're looking at a, a team, you know, five years later after they've had the most losses in the league, they really don't have any impact players, which is really remarkable because you would think at a minimum – even if you didn't have the quarterback, you built yourself a pretty talented roster. I mean, that basically is how Tampa got Tom Brady, right? If the Giants had just drafted well, even if they got the quarterback decision wrong, they'd be in position to lure a guy like a Wilson or, or a Rodgers, and, and maybe that type of move would make sense. But I don't think they can make it now. And the last point I'll just say is really it makes no sense to bring back Judge and Jones. If you truly believe in Jones, and, and like, look, I don't think he's the answer, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you Dave Brown. I think maybe in the right situation he can be decent. I would think you'd want to give, set him up with a coach who maybe gives him a chance to succeed. What has Joe Judge shown you in the first two years, which indicates any idea how to coach offensive football in the modern NFL? If you want to take one more shot with Daniel Jones, give him a good offensive coach. I mean, the guy had good numbers for Shermer, at least. So, like, if that's what makes no sense. And nothing about this franchise makes sense. And, and where they are today is a reflection of bad decisions that have predictably come home to roost. All right. Talk to you later. It's an excellent, excellent call. Because it's not as simple as looking at this giant team in a one-year prism to understand how rotten and how vile this core has gotten. It's been a culmination of bad mistake after bad mistake after bad mistake. And, you know... For me, at least, the Giants really started getting rotten. The end of Eli's prime, I'm talking post-second Super Bowl, the failures on the offensive line. They had a couple more years where they could have won with Eli Manning. They had Beckham on the team. He's putting up monster numbers. You know, they didn't take Aaron Donald. They take Beckham. Their offensive line is an absolute joke. Then the offense regresses to a point where, yeah, the quarterback was shot. He was skittish from playing behind a bad offensive line. And the future Hall of Famer was a shell of the guy he once was. They had the perfect opportunity to move on. They didn't. Now, I would have taken a quarterback with that second pick in the draft. 
hindsight, well, I would have taken the wrong quarterback because I would have taken Sam Darnold over Josh Allen. Neither here nor there. They weren't sold on a quarterback. Knowing the way the NFL is set up, straight out of the pick. Go get Quentin Nelson like Indianapolis did. Go get Bradley Chubb at a premier position. They go and take a running back at two, which is the most dime a dozen position you have in the NFL. You're taking a running back at two, and I know I keep coming back to this, but it was a monumental mistake for the Giants. He's got to come in right away. He's got to be Derrick Henry. Yeah, fair or unfair? He's got to be Derrick freaking Henry if I'm going to go take a running back at two. Saquon Barkley has not been that. And what you have seen is like this culmination of just terrible thought process, terrible decision-making, whiffing in free agency, bad salary cap structure, poor drafting, bad franchise. That's how it all adds up. I'm not picking up Jones' option next year. That's another thing. I'm letting him play out next year with competition if, if he's back as the quarterback. I'm not, I'm not picking it up. Why am I picking it up? Then I'm not retaining this head coach because you know what? You're right. Jones' best year in the NFL was under Pat Shermer. It's not even close. The last two years under this head coach, he's not been as good. Hasn't put up the same numbers. There's that. The bad coordinator hires. The way this team has looked over the final few games. And the fact that it doesn't make sense for the franchise long-term to bring this coach back. Clean house. No matter what I see on Sunday, it's simple. Hire a new GM. You better come from outside this organization and go get a new head coach. Do I think the Giants are going to listen to me? Eh, not so sure. That's what they should do. Who's next? Hey, JJ. I'm from Staten Island. And that's good in that Jet game. And on a scale of, like, palatable losses from this franchise, you know, the way they've played over the last five years, you know what? That was a, a great game. A lot of fun. A lot of excitement. I wish Carter didn't get knocked out of this game so early because he is looking like an absolute playmaker moving forward to this team. But you know what? I miss the negativity usually with my teams, right? So, but it's not so bad losing this game. You get the draft position higher and everything like that. You got a weird clown show in the middle of this game. Antonio Brown looks like he's already been cut. But, you know, it was a special game. We don't get many of those as good teams, so we had that. I do see now that it looks like the fourth down call was just, I don't know what we were doing there. I love the idea of going for it. Hated the QB sneakers. I'm sure you're going to cover all of that. So we'll see how that goes, but at least we're not the worst team in New York because the Giants are absolutely straight getting blown out by the Bears. You know, I thought that in the middle of the season we'd be the worst team in the league, but the Giants somehow beat us. All right, bro. Later. The Giants have taken that title from you, Mr. Cump. You're absolutely right on that. Um, I feel okay with this Jet effort. I really do. I think for a lot of fans, they wanted the win. The fourth down call was horrible. Absolutely horrible. No problem going for it. That can't be the play. I don't know who you want to blame there. You want to blame Zach Wilson? Fine. You want to blame LaFleur? Fine. That can't be the play. I know Michael Carter's not in there. I know it's going to change things. You're running the ball at will on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's got to be better than a quarterback sneak right up the middle when you need two yards. Regardless of who's at fault. Hated that play call. No problem going for it. Problem with the decision to, you know, run the play that you did. I mean, at the very least, get the ball of Braxton Berrios, who was making shit happen basically the entire game. The Jets over these final couple of games of the year, though, I think have built some 
cautious optimism going into the offseason. And I want that to continue next week in Buffalo. Buffalo's playing for a division title. Buffalo's probably going to win the game. Go up there and compete. Don't go and lose that game 38-10 to 10 next week. Go, go and fight next week. Go and fight. And that's something the Jets have not done over the last five years playing these Week 17 games, whether it was against Buffalo, whether it was against New England. Go fight. This team's got something to play for. They want to be hosting a playoff game. Go, go make them earn it. That's that's the objective for Coach Sal and company. Make them earn it. All right, who's next? JJ, Eric Den, Florida, watching the Jets. You know, it was until about two minutes left in this game, it was a great performance. You saw everything you wanted. In the offense, Zach Wilson did a good job managing the game, actually made some nice passes, no turnovers, ran the ball great. Defense uh, played well, and yeah, you, you hate when coaching beats yourself. Because you know, I love the aggressiveness to go for it on fourth down, but what fucking kind of call was that? You run it in the meat of this defense, where you've been getting everything off tackle, getting outside. Use your speed. Simple brain dead play. Play calling, coaching lost this game. They should have never been in this game. Thank God Antonio Brown wants to continue his own antics, but you know, you, a lot of promising stuff. You saw a lot of good stuff from the Jets here, but classic watching Tom Brady and Gronk come into New York and, you know, tear your heart out. Uh, keep it up. Looking for the New Year pod. See ya. Appreciate it. Um, don't let the negative of losing the game get in the way of a lot of the good stuff that you saw for a good portion of the four quarters. Sooner or later, you got to start winning these games. But all things considered, that's that's a step in the right direction, for me at least from a Jets standpoint. One note, forgot to mention this. Brandon Eccles, after the game, bro, you want to get Tom Brady to sign something for you, do it behind closed doors, do it where nobody can see, sure. Whatever. I- I'll live with that. To be on the field after he just went 90 yards on you, beat you, sticks it to you. Don't be asking for a damn autograph after the game. Don't be going all fanboy after the game. Come on. We know he's the greatest to ever do it. Don't do that where I can see it. Please. Don't do that where I can see it. That, that-, that was like, whoa. Read the room. And I know this shit, unfortunately, happens all the time now in the NFL. They do the jersey swap. They're taking pictures, which, by the way, I can't stand. I, 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 me? Me? After a game? And I will, like, if I lost today the way the Jets did, or uh, Chua, right, who stunk against the Titans, if I see him after the game with uh, somebody who's from Alabama, Derrick Henry, let's say, big smiles doing a jersey swap, Nah, no, 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 no. That eats at me. Do that shit after the game when nobody can see. Because I'm annoyed about it. And I know, listen, it's a business. These guys, they're brothers. They point in college, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. It still bothers me. It bothers me. That might be me being the old man yelling in the cloud. Don't care. Bothers me. Hate when I see that crap. Hate it. Because I want you to, you know, stick it to your opponent. 
I enjoy that. Uh, th- that that's part of sport that unfortunately is disappearing more and more and more by the minute. It is what it is. Last but not least. Jake, it's John from Long Island. I was so excited to call you after my Jets pulled the upset of the season on the Bucks, And then we got braided. Like Thanos, he's fucking inevitable. Ah, it's okay, though. There were so many positive things to take from that game. Zach Wilson looks great. Our O-line looks great. Braxton Berrios, the keeper. Our run game looks strong. And we fucking competed. We competed our fucking asses off. And last week you commented that the Jets should not have been trying to win, try to get a better draft pick. I I couldn't disagree with that more. We're trying to build a winning culture. We've been losers for a fucking decade. Losing, it, it gets in the furniture. It sinks up the air. It's just like, I want to teach this group of guys to win. So I'm really proud that they won last week. I'm really proud that they competed this week. It was not the result we wanted. My feelings are hurt. But I, I feel great about this organization. I feel great about the direction of the players, especially Zach Wilson. But just to add insult to injury, Jade, I was in my fantasy finals, and I was starting Antonio Brown. I want to die, Jade. Oh, be good. Thanks. Bye. That was a tremendous phone call. I also had Antonio Brown in my old work league. I started him today. I actually spent like $250 for him in the waiver queue. Little did I know he was going to go AWOL two and a half quarters into the game. So uh, misery loves company. In the other week, I was in a title. Get this. I went up against Jamar Chase, who scored like 57 points. So I hit a bunch of bets. I would have lost all of them to win my fantasy leagues and to get a Dolphin win. I I get none of the above. So I'm in a rotten mood today. What do you want me to tell you? I'm in a rotten mood. The line about Brady and Thanos is tremendous. Maybe because I was watching. They had the Avengers Marathon on New Year's Day as I was like waiting for bowl games to start. So I'm watching the Infinity War. Brady's inevitable. That's that's a fabulous, fabulous line. Give credit where credit is, though. Voicemails were excellent today. Absolutely outstanding. We got more coming Tuesday. By the way, we are... We are back fully armed and operational. Show Tuesday, show Thursday, trivia is back, all, all the wrinkles that you were used to. So uh, business is booming. Probably inappropriate for me to say that today because I think we know who's lying that belongs to, but you know what? Sometimes we get a little quirky, we get a little crazy. All right, we're going to run around the league. Uh, the playoff picture, it's actually now super straightforward and simple. That's coming up next. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. So let's run around the league quick. Going into week 17, it looked like there were going to be crazy playoff scenarios galore, especially in the AFC. That's out now. The main reason that's out, two reasons. One, Tennessee dismantled my team. My team got absolutely walloped in this game. And I have been pounding my chest the last seven weeks. I was thrilled about the fact that my team didn't quit on the year and they got to a winning record and they controlled their own playoff destiny, yada, yada, yada. Well, they took it up a notch in competition 
And the quarterback did not rise to the occasion. Listen, I have defended Tua. Tua was terrible today. I don't want to hear about the offensive line. He was terrible. He couldn't handle the conditions. He missed about two or three wide open receivers. He was not good enough. In a game that his team desperately needed to win, he was not good enough. The Dolphins didn't stop the run. They didn't even have Derrick Henry running the football. And Ryan Tannehill was more efficient. Tennessee deserved to win. So the Dolphins, because of what happened today, it cooked. They have the right coach. I'm very curious to see how they handle a quarterback position. It's one of two guys. Don't even throw anybody else out there. It is one of two guys playing quarterback for the Dolphins next year. They will run it back with Tua and load up with this salary cap space. Or they make a move for Deshaun Watson, assuming all the legal stuff is where it needs to be. If it's not, how do you make that move? That'll be the four-month question. Buckle up. I'm going to be taking a lot of calls on it. I know that. Tennessee's really good. That was my takeaway watching them today. They're really good. And I'm annoyed. I didn't bet on them to win the Super Bowl. And I thought about it, too. It annoys me. Very much annoys me. Because they're getting Henry back. And because Kansas City lost today, they win next week, they got a bye, and home field goes through Nashville. Then you get to that chief Bengal game. I told you guys about Joe Burrow. I mean, listen, I didn't break any ground. We all know he's really good. He was the number one overall pick. But, you know, a few weeks ago, I was on a golf course with a couple of guys, having a couple of beers, hitting some good shots, hitting some bad shots. And I said to one of my guys, I'd rather have Joe Burrow than Justin Herbert. And I said it without hesitation. I said it pretty confidently. And they're like, really? I go, yeah. What I've seen over the last few weeks, only enhances that. They were down big against Kansas City. And he gets cooking. He's throwing the ball down the field. He's hooking up with Jamar Chase. And the Bengals are the perfect example of a team that has nailed it in the draft. T. Higgins. They had Joe Mixon. They hit on the quarterback. And now they're going to be a perennial contender, you would think. I don't know what Kansas City was doing at the end of the game. I don't know what Cincinnati was doing at the end of the game. It was one of those weird situations where there were like seven plays inside the five-yard line. Surdy was talking about this earlier with me, and he's a thousand percent right. Just let him score for goodness sakes. If you can't City, you give Mahomes a chance. And then the Bengals, there was, there was a point where I'm like, are they actually not going to score here? It ended up working out perfectly. They milked the clock. They kicked the field goal. They win the game. And they win the AFC North. But Joe Burrow's the special player. That was my takeaway watching that. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, that is going to be a tandem we see a whole lot of for years to come across the board in the NFL. Um, as far as the other scenarios, why there's no juice in the AFC, the Raiders took down the Colts, which was stunning. What a win for the Raiders. You know, I had a feeling. I almost put them in with the picks this week. I thought long and hard about it because I figured honoring John Madden Getting way too many points. Colts with all the COVID stuff. They were due for a letdown after a couple of big wins. The Raiders are resilient. With everything that has been thrown the way of Vegas this year, the Gruden situation, the Henry Ruggs situation, to be winning in with a chance to, you know, go to the postseason, it's a hell of an achievement. And Hunter Renfro is some player, man. I love them in college. He is some damn good player. I love watching that dude play wide receiver. Love watching that dude play. So hats off. The Raiders now will take on the Chargers. That's it's all you need to know in the AFC. Because the other playoff scenarios involve 
Jacksonville winning. So we don't have to waste any time on those. It's Chargers, Raiders, and I'm going to guess that it'll end up being a three-point line and the Chargers will be favored by three and I will be betting on the Raiders. That's what I think is going to happen. As far as the other games, Cardinals needed that win in the absolute worst way. 25-22 over the Cowboys. Cardinals had to have that game. It got dicey towards the end. Cowboys made a little bit of a run. I thought maybe they might have had a fumble there inside about two and a half minutes to play. Didn't happen. So it happens when you don't have the timeouts. You don't have the ability to challenge. Efficient day from Kyler. And the Cowboys, I thought, would do for a little bit of a letdown spot. Don't be surprised you see that as a 4-5 matchup in the NFC. So in the NFC, what you need to know right now, Green Bay the one, Rams, Buccaneers, two and three. Dallas more than likely is going to be the four seed because they did not beat Tampa Bay. You're probably going to get Dallas and Arizona. Probably going to get that game. Unless, of course, the 49ers take care of business. But for that final couple of playoff spots, San Fran winning in. Philly winning in. New Orleans needs some help if they're going to get to the postseason. Then as far as like seeding, I guess you got seeding on the line with the Pats and the Buffalo Bills. Bills will play the Jets. Pats after dismantling the Jaguars. I mean, they could have they made that line 24 and a half and I would have taken the Patriots today. That, that was the gift of all gifts. I'm glad I loaded up on that game. Really glad I loaded up on that game. Pats need to beat Miami and they need help from the Jets. Don't think they'll be getting the help from the Jets. I think we're going to get New England and Buffalo probably playing in a wild card game, which would be an awesome, awesome game. I hope that happens. Sign me up for New England at Buffalo in Western New York in one of those like night game scenarios. So down for that. So, so down for that. And then the other game I know, the Rams pulling out of the fire. And give Beckham credit because I kill him all the time. I really do. He made some spectacular catches in this game. This was not a vintage Matthew Stafford game. The Ravens, even with all of their injuries, they play so hard for John Harbaugh. And I know a lot of people are going to kill Harbaugh because two-point conversions didn't go their way against Green Bay, and they didn't go their way against the Steelers. That team is decimated by injuries. Now they don't have their quarterback. They, they're in every single one of these games. And they were in this game today against the Rams. Beckham made some monster, monster, monster plays. That's a good gut check win for the Rams. They're going to need to win games like that if they want to make their way to a Super Bowl. They won't be easy. Because odds are, LA is going to have to go to Lambeau Field and, and win an NFC title game. And what I saw from them back in November, they better be a heck of a lot better. And the quarterback, who I like, has got to be at that level if they're going to go and win those sort of games. Meaning beating Tom Brady and then beating Aaron Rodgers. We'll see if he's up to it. We shall see. I think it's one of the intriguing storylines of January. And I'm invested in the Rams, so I hope the answer to that question is yes. One note before we hit Harry Gagnon. So, a lot of Nick fans were wondering with Randall going on the COVID list, because his last game before he went on the COVID list was not particularly good. How would the team work without him? Well, Gano answered the last two games. Against the Thunder. Against the Raptors. Not exactly world-beater competition. Nick's basically smoked in both games. Smoked in both games. And Randall at times can be infuriating. I'm not going to defend the year that he's had in any way. But 
so much of their team and so much of their offense runs through what he brings to the table. You're kind of noticing certain guys maybe get a little bit more exposed having to take on greater roles. So it happens when you don't have a great roster to begin with. So get well soon, Julius. That was my thought as I had the, the Knicks around like the third screen. I'm like so in I hate when they put the Knicks at like three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon against football. That bothers me to no end. That pisses me off. It pisses me off. Put the game at night or put the game at 12 o'clock. One or the other. Because they put it at 12 o'clock, great. I get to watch, all right, fourth quarter, dial in, mostly halftime in the one o'clock games. Or you have a situation where you put the game at night and it's just going up against Sunday night football. But the folks north of the border didn't want to cooperate when it comes to that. So another tough loss for the Knicks. And I'm like trying to figure out my next Nick game, which I'll have some fun, you know, plotting over the next few weeks. Once, you know, I'm officially out of the protocols and whatnot. And, you know, hopefully that'll be sooner rather than later. Because I'm, I'm itching. I know CDC says I'm good, but, you know, we got to get there. Indiana, Boston over the next two. Got to start winning some games here the next. You want to be in the postseason, you got to start winning some games. I know that's simplistic. I'm not exactly breaking any ground, but it gets late early for a team that's 17 and 20 on the year. It's late early. All right, Harry's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. So to close out week 17, and now that bowl season is basically all but done, we got a national championship to get ready for. Harry Gagnon, welcome back. Happy New Year. Against all odds, you got 10 zillion things to plug. How are you, my friend? Hey, JJ, everything's going great, man. Happy New Year to you, buddy. How's everything? Uh, I'm doing well. And, you know, all things considered, I'm going to start with the Jets almost pulling out that outright upset against Mm. Tampa Bay. I thought they'd be spunky today. I kind of like them plus 14 or plus 14 and a half. Harry, never in a million years, though, did I think we'd be watching that game and the Jets would be up 24 to 10 with a third and 20 <laughs> or that the Jets would be a fourth down away from winning outright against Tampa. Listen, the Jets still got a lot of work to do as a franchise. I've mm-hmm. actually seen some steps forward, though, over the last couple of weeks where I'm kind of, dare I say, encouraged. Sure. Wilson's been decent. You know, uh, last tough game today, uh, last week he played well, had 91 yards rushing, uh, doing a lot better things, obviously, in the second half of the season than the first. But very interesting that the the Jets played so tough today. I thought maybe they played well, too. But Brady, since he's been in Tampa, he's got 10 games, JJ, 10 games. He's won by 20 or more. He beats up on the, uh, you know, the sisters of the poor. But not today. I mean, that was a struggle for them. The whole Antonio Brown thing was a mess. Uh, probably distracted the team a little bit. Uh, but give it up to the Jets. They've been playing tough down the stretch here. And they got the cover with these and probably should have won the game. All right, so Tampa moving forward. No Chris Godwin. There's not a chance mm-hmm. in hell they're welcoming Antonio Brown back to that team. Do right. they have enough weapons? I know they got the greatest quarterback of all time. You never count them out. But do they have enough firepower, you think, 
to get through winning at Green Bay, let's say, or going through a couple of rounds within, you know, the NFC. They did it last year where they were a wild card and they won three straight games. Give them credit, and then they beat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. But now you might be looking at a game where you got the Rams coming in, let's say. And if the Rams are going into that building, they have given Brady a lot of trouble. I do not think it's a given that we get Bucks Packers again for the second straight year. I do not think that's a given. Oh, absolutely. I, the Rams, both, you're, you're right. The Rams, both times, two seasons in a row, given Brady fits, beat him both times. Uh, and is Brady, more than likely, Green Bay gets Green Bay gets it done. Um, they got Detroit next week. Green Bay doesn't. If they're the number one seed, is Tampa really, with all the injuries you mentioned too, are they really going to go into Green Bay and do it for a second straight year? Right now, I'd say no because of the injuries. Uh, I'd like to see Fournette back too. Um, but it's possible. We're talking about Brady here. We're talking about the GOAT. But overall, I'd still say right now, it's Rodgers' year in the NFC. If we're going to find somebody in the NFC, though, to bet on from a value standpoint, is there yes. anybody you like outside of Green Bay, Tampa, and maybe the Rams? Anybody else or no? Being a Giants fan, call me crazy here. But this Eagles team is, they're feisty. Oh, I can't get behind that, dude. I can't either. I can't get behind that. They're not winning. Harry, listen, you want to tell me maybe they upset somebody in Wild Card Weekend? Maybe. They are not winning three games in a row. No shot, bro. I'll tell you. I know. I I hear you. See, I thought you were going to set me up with the Cowboys there. I thought you were going to suck up to Sal a little bit and try to give me the Cowboys. That's where I thought you were going. I was all over the cards on against all odds this week with him. He didn't like me uh, taking the cards, but I, I'm just like this, this, this Eagle team, nine and seven. Um, Jalen Hurts gets it done. He really, when he takes off running, he hits those corners the way you're supposed to. And they've got a plus 84 point differential. Most, a lot of their wins are on the road this year. JJ, I don't know. It's the number one rushing team in the, in the league. It, silence. Is there a sleeper here? The Eagles, they really might be. You know, I messed up, Harry. I really messed up. And I'm going to tell you why. Before the Thursday night Niner Titan game, mm-hmm. I thought about throwing a couple of bucks down on the Titans to win the AFC because I'm like, you know what? They get Derrick Henry back. I wasn't even thinking they were going to be the number one seed, but I'm thinking if they get Henry back, they're dangerous. They're well coached. They've had playoff success. I didn't make the bet. And what happens? They beat the 49ers and they annihilate my team. They basically put any hopes of going into postseason yeah. to bed quickly. They pummeled Tua. Uh, their defense played great. They're going to be the one seed if they can beat the Houston Texans next week. And then right. they get Derrick Henry back. Harry, that team could go to the Super Bowl. I really believe with, that. With Henry in there, absolutely. And, and, that, and because of Kansas City losing today to, to Cincinnati, which probably – I, I don't know, JJ. I don't recall a better game I've seen all year. More oh, it was just, fantastic. Like, it was how fantastic, good, right? By the way, Harry, how Burrow. good is Smoking Joe Burrow? He is a stud, dude. Stud. Only, only almost 1,000 yards the last two weeks combined. Just r- throwing bombs left and right. Chase was fantastic today. Tyler Boyd's been there all year, too. He's been a stud. And T. Higgins has been a stud for the team. Te- I'll tell you what. This Bengal team at 10 and 6, look, I'm rooting for him. I am rooting for them in the AFC. It's going to be interesting to see how the these matchups shake out. Oh, the jungle the is jungle alive. Is They'll be hosting a playoff game. They haven't won a playoff game in, in forever. I feel like they're going back to the days of Boomer Esiason the last time they won a playoff yeah. game. Um, now we know, though, unless the Jags are going to do something crazy and beat the Colts, the final playoff spot, basically, 
is going to be Chargers, Raiders, and the desert. Mm-hmm. So, you're a guy who knows the odds pretty well. Mm-hmm. What are we thinking? Chargers by three in that game? Oh, boy. Um, They'll be on the road. Yes. I think they're favored. I think the Chargers think are favored, favored in that game. It, you know what? It's funny because the past couple of weeks, it, you're probably right because the past couple of weeks with this Raider team, the line has been fishy every single time they play. Like, I thought this was uh, too many points today. Uh, the week when they played the Browns, uh, the, there was a short number there, too. No, the Vegas is not giving the the Raiders their due in terms of the spread. They, but wouldn't it be? It's the way it should be. The, what the Raiders have had to endure, what they've gone through this year, the craziness. It's every single week. Every single week, something wild is happening with Raider games, Raider off-the-field stuff. they got to make the playoffs. I think they get it done. I'm betting them, I think. And it might be my heart. I feel like you and I are like emotionally invested in that story with the Raiders. And I'll tell you something else. I don't like the Chargers either. I think the Chargers are the biggest front-runner team in the league. They get any adversity. They fall behind. They fall apart like a cheap suit. So, like, that's the sort of game where if L.A. gets up early, maybe they run and hide. But if they're down in that game, I don't think they're winning. I don't. No, and and, and you know what? And I know the Raiders lost them first time. Um but, this but is that situation. was when all the groom stuff was, right. was going exactly. on. That, that, I take that Doesn't game and throw completely out the window, Harry. Absolutely. And it's not like they're going to have a contingent of fans that normally descends on Vegas. Like, mm-hmm. Vegas normally has this disadvantage where, all right, you got so-and-so fans and this team's fans. They, they're flocking. There are no Charger fans. Charger fans ain't going to that game. No. It's going to be all Raiders. And it's and it, look, it's, it's a situation, again, like, Car, like Keyshawn Johnson calls him an elite quarterback. I think that's kind of funny, but at times he kind of looks like it. And he didn't have a great game today, but again, boils down to one game. I'm going to take Carr over Herbert. How did the bowl season treat you? It did, you know what? It's funny. Everything went well. My record was fantastic, and the game's given out on against all odds on my best bet corner.com. The only thing is that I got wrong today is the two championship playoff games. Those are the two that I got wrong. I feel I your pain because I was in on Michigan. And you know what, Harry? We should have known better with Michigan because yep. they were begging us. You and I are usually smarter than that. They yep. were begging us, bro, to grab seven and a half with the way Georgia looked in the title game. And Georgia basically was like, you know what? Uh, cut the shit. We're going to go and smoke this team. That's exactly what they did. They came you out from the opening whistle, Harry, and I'm like, oh boy, we are in deep theater, dude. Both games, both teams, both, both favorites took the got the ball to start the game, went down the field, scored a touchdown, and I just said in both games, "This is it. I'm already done." I mean, Stetson Bennett was not good in that game against Alabama, and that's the championship game. He bounced back tremendously. He made some sweet throws, and right now, what are they? I've seen them two and a half. I've seen them three against Bama. I'm leaning towards Georgia because I'm I think, right there you know, with you. Harry, I'm right there with you. It, and I had, ba- listen, I had Bama the when they played, what was it, a couple weeks ago in the right. SEC title game. The idea now that they're going to go and, and beat Georgia twice in like a five-week span, I know it's Saban. People are going to drum up the narrative. How do you pass up Nick Saban plus money, yada, yada, yada? Well, I think beating Georgia two times in five weeks is going to be really, really daunting and really, really challenging. Yeah. And I, I, I think also the Georgia defense, I just think that they didn't, they didn't, they didn't give what they were supposed to. And they, they didn't care about the championship. If you look back now, because this Georgia defense is one of the greatest defenses of all time. They've given up except for that Alabama game, 
17 points. That's the only game this year. That's unheard of in college to only give up. They haven't given up more than 17 points in any game except the SEC championship. That's insane. The great Harry Gagnon. Buddy, it's always great seeing your face. Um, We got to get the Q's to get it going, dude. What's going uh, they got to win that game yesterday, man. Yeah. The, the biggest problem is they don't have a point guard or a wing who can break down a defense. And mm-hmm. I love the Bayheim boys, but when Jimmy Bayheim is the second best player on your team, you got problems. You got problems. I mean, it, 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 it's it, you know, Gerard is playing decent this year. He, he's he's been fine, but it's another situation. Like you're right, they're just I think Buddy's taking too many shots from the outside, not driving. And you know what, JJ? They, that was. I went three out of four in college hoops yesterday. My one loser, our cues. Ah, uh, naturally, naturally. Listen, good seeing you. Happy New good Year. Too, Hopefully I'll see you. You going to the Super Bowl in a month? I'd love to see you out there. <laughs> Are you going? Well, I was going to say, if COVID doesn't get in the way, considering I'm recovering, I, 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 by hell of high water, I'm going to try. So that's all I can okay. tell you. I'm going to try. I'll let you know. Let's hey. know. By the way, you look great in teal, man. Right. Uh, listen, we go down with the ship. I still rock my dolphin colors nonetheless. We go down with the ship. That's what we do. Harry Gagnon, happy new year, my man. You too, buddy. Thanks, pal. Before we say goodbye, we go from the great Harry G to Jeff Money, who also rode the dolphins, and it didn't go particularly well. Let's hear it, Money. What's up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper pick. It could be for Monday, January the 3rd. As you know, you already know this one from the pod that I'm going to go. We're going against each other. I'm going with the Steelers plus the three and a half. A one o'clock games are done. I did on our pod from the Super Contest style. I hit the, the Eagle bet, and I wound up losing the Bills and the Dolphins. So I got the Lions going right now as we speak. And, of course, I got the uh, Steelers for Monday night plus the three and a half. All right, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Well, I picked the Browns on Thursday, and I made a mistake. Why did I make a mistake? Because I was under the assumption Kansas City was going to win. And that the Browns were going to have something to play for. Here's the problem. The Browns now have nothing to play for in this game. Nothing to play for. The Steelers still have, you know, this long shot of all long shots to get in the playoffs. But they're playing for something else. This is going to be Ben Roethlisberger's last home game. So because of the fact that this is going to be Ben's last home game and the Browns are out of it, I have no idea what to expect. So that three and a half that I gave out on Thursday, no, I don't feel good about it. But we don't back out of bets. They are what they are. I'm not hedging because then the worst case scenario is I get like a two-point Cleveland win or a one-point Cleveland win, and I am just disgusted. So going down with the ship, probably a mistake, but. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and sometimes it wins. Fun show. Good way to kick off the new year. Therapeutic in many ways. Good work by the fellas. We're back on Tuesday night. JJ, signing off. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease. 
and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.